Welcome back to another episode of Suds and Cinema. My name's Kyle. I'm Jacob. I'm Josh. This is episode number 40, and today we will be reviewing Borat, subsequent movie film, as well as, I think, what's going to turn into a featured review of The Babadookie. I'm guessing that will be the longest conversation possibly ever on the show. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> so get ready. Halloween is over, but not in the suds and cinema. We are recording studio. on November 1st. Last night was Halloween. Got a little too turned up. Did not do any taxes. <laughs> Jacob uh, did not. So I feel great. Ready to go. Ready for long in-depth discussions and movie analyses. <clears throat> yeah, meanwhile, my head is... Well, Pounding. I just like felt dizzy. <laughs> it just passed. Kyle was about to pass out while talking. I literally just like got a dizzy spell. I just oh, peaked man. the mic laughing. My bad. So we'll yeah. post. <laughs> Halloween was last night. Now it's over. We got the election on Tuesday. It's gonna. It's a. It's a busy week. Election on Tuesday. Go out and vote, guys. Voting's a hoax. <laughs> Voting's so anti-American. You see how like. 90 million people have already voted. Yeah, they did a comparison versus 2016 of early votes in like battleground states. Yeah, and it was like, like crazy, <laughs> which I mean, most of it's attributed to Corona. So and you can vote online, basically. <laughs> I voted by I just dropped it off at the ballot because I will be working all day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I can it, I don't get out till nine closes at eight. Eight. Yeah. Yep. So. Now I've already made plans to go in the morning, so I would have liked to vote early, but I don't know why I didn't. <laughs> it was so <laughs> easy. You just go. I just walked down to the Dropbox and dropped it in. Nobody caught it on fire or anything. So yeah, yet, <laughs> yeah, it's already. This will probably come out on. <laughs> this will probably come out on uh, election day. Oh yeah. So look forward and to what a great to movie to listen. What a great review to listen to on election day. I know it works. Or a subsequent movie film. So yeah, are we uh, are we ready to drink this no. beer? I'm totally ready. <laughs> okay, if we have well, to get this beer we have to going. get it out of the fridge because Jacob bought warm beer like an idiot. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to pick a light beer and also one that has to do with the movie and the elections. So, I was walking through the store as I do, <laughs> looking through the different aisles until I stumbled upon the perfect beer because I just felt freedom radiating from the can. The can has a beautiful red, white, and star-spangled bald eagle on the front. <laughs> I thought it fit perfectly for this. So, Bear me. And plus it, the office reference. So. Yeah. What? Beer me. Hand me that water. I say <laughs> beer me. Beer me Get to laugh water. like quarter of the time. <laughs> beer me a beer. Lord, beer me strength. Beer me two glasses of wine. All right. So no, two, that is the name. <laughs> beer me two. We're not just joking. That's the name of the beers. Beer me. It is an American lager. Again, I went all out with finding... Yep. The most freedom of America. From who? Who makes Oddside, it? Oddside out of Grand Haven, Michigan. Very, very good brewery. 
Which I think we've had something from them not that long ago. We definitely have featured outside before. Yeah. Really good brewery. Can't be- get food there, though. I stopped a fight there once. Stopped a fight? Yeah. Nice. I was like a couple of beers deep. <laughs> and these this one guy was like fighting with the waiter. So I got I just got over there. I was like, dude, why are you punching it? Like, what what is this? They're calling the police. You should just go. And he's like, but he said something to me, man. I was like, it's okay. You should go. And then he left. That was the end. This is hard to find down here. I know. You can't search for it. He type in beer me. Outside. Uh, Yeah. That would make sense. Okay. Do we have a description here? Yeah, it's right on the can. Oh, is it? Beer me by Oddside. A classic American lager done right by a craft brewery. Your new go-to for any, oh, your new go-to beer for any occasion. Cool. Any occasion. 4.5% ABV, 25 IBUs. This is, what what are we expecting here? Super light. Hopefully a better tasting, like, (laughs) <laughs> Budweiser, I guess. I don't know. Like yep. that's pretty much it. A craft Budweiser. It'll probably taste slightly better, but pretty much the same. Or worse, because it's warm. <laughs> cans are actually pretty cold, but this this um wrap that they have on it, a lot of cans have craft beer cans have on them now. It's like you can't feel how cold it is through yeah. that. But if you feel the top or the bottom, it's like really cold. Mine's not really cold. Hopefully it's, <laughs> it's probably cold. Pretty mine's a little, mine's tepid at best. <laughs> All right, well, let's try it. Let's crack her open. Look at that, that synchronization. Scares Layla every time now. Mm, very aromatic and smells mm. like beer. It smells like yep. shit. <laughs> Bottoms up, guys. Hey, at least we didn't drink oh, a lot warm. of beer last night. It's not that warm. <laughs> beer sucks. It's gross. Super easy to drink. Hmm. Not bad. Yeah, it's good. Oh. It's a yeah. lager. Yeah, <laughs> it's super malty for a lager. Really? I don't know. It tastes like a lager. Hey, it is have kinda you had malty solid malty. gold? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like solid gold. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I like it. Yeah, not gonna I have drink that. Like five of these. Yeah, it's not gonna have that like flavor that you. I don't know. The that, hoppiness. Yeah, hoppiness. There's no bitterness there. Right. Whatsoever. Oof. Fans of light beer and Budweiser would be pleased. Yeah, honestly, you could give this to anybody who non craft beer fans and they'd be like, oh, yeah, good beer. Ugh, I don't like that beer at all. <laughs> this is the beer that you give to the people that go up to when you were working at the brewery and be like, oh, you got any Miller Lite? <laughs> yeah, and then you pour this. Yeah, they're like, yeah <laughs> and they're like, it. wow, this is, Miller Lite is good. <laughs> this is an even better Miller Lite. <laughs> all right. So that is Beer Me by Oddside Ales. Josh hates it, but yeah. he's also hungover. Yeah, but I, I don't think that has to do with it. I just don't like the taste. Hmm. Well, I don't dislike it, but I'm not going to, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to buy, go out and no. seek this out. But if somebody had these in a cooler, I'd reach for it. Yeah. I'd Probably more for, of a summer beer. I'd reach for the bush latte for next yeah, to it. Yeah, it's definitely a summer beer. Yeah. Okay, uh, you ready to get into the featured review? Borat's Yeesh. subsequent movie film? 
All right, so this is actually written by a lot of different people. So I'm just going to say uh, written by Sasha Baron Cohen because I think he probably did the majority of it, but there's like eight or nine credits on it. Uh, directed by Jason Woliner, uh, stars Sasha Baron Cohen and Maria Bakalova. Uh, plot synopsis reads, follow-up follow up film to the 2006 comedy centering on real-life adventures of a fictional Kazakh television journalist named Borat. Let's take a listen to a clip. How long must we be stuck in here? Well, don't know for sure till this COVID-19 thing passes. What is more dangerous, this uh, virus or the Democrat? Democrats. Democrats. Oh. I think with the Democrats, with Obama, and I think it goes back to the Clintons when they were also in office. This uh, Clinton, they make this play? Yes. Yes. Mm, nice. Clintons are very evil. Extremely evil. Supposedly they torture these kids. It gets their adrenaline flowing in their body. Mm -hmm. Then they take that out of their adren adrenal glands, yeah. and then they drink their blood or that, that out of their... I've heard about things like yeah. that. Hillary Clinton drink the uh, blood of children? That's what we've heard. Yeah. I've heard. It's, it's been said. Yeah. Lucky for me, I was taken in by two of America's greatest scientists. What did you guys think of Borat, subsequent movie film? I, I liked it quite a bit. So I just recently watched the first one, which was... A, For the first time? Yeah. Okay. Which I forgot to even put it on oh, yeah. Letterboxd. Because no no I think I didn't... I missed like the last part, and I'm like, ah, I can't count that oh. until I finish it. Okay. But yeah, I thought the first one had like a bit more cohesive like storyline, but I don't know if that <coughs> was to do more with the like pandemic or something being like control. How much can we get into? Is it really spoiler? Um, I don't think so. It's not like it matters. Like you're just watching it. Right. And the big scene at the end has already been all over the news. So yeah, I would say like, mm, yeah, I would say we can just talk openly about it. I don't yeah. really think there's spoilers. Yeah. So I, Loved, uh, what's her name? Mia. Maria Bakalova. Maria Bakalova. Uh -huh. I thought she was great with uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Like, they melded very well together. And the parts in this that were like the current, the really like set up parts, I was like dying. It was so funny and like so cringy to watch. Except for that last scene. That was just cringy and that wasn't really, Yeah, I didn't laugh at that. That just was like, ooh. Yeah, but there were so many parts in this that I found hilarious. The QAnon conspiracy theorist part, the uh, the I don't know the convent the Trump convention thing outdoor part. Oh yeah, dying yeah. like <laughs> what they were saying, and I really liked how the story, even though it was all this so random seeming and everything, it was cohesive and had like direct. Uh, definite direction where it wanted to go and then, and then even when they failed technically at the one part they pivoted and i liked that part of it too mm -hmm. and i liked everything they did with the coronavirus and stuff so overall i thought it was pretty funny and i i think one of the problems with it which a lot of times for me makes it worse but i don't think it's gonna really be a problem later is like if when jokes like date themselves, because obviously this is extremely timely, like mm. it's literally for this election, coronavirus, like everything that 
QAnon, like all these things that are like happening right now. And normally that's bad for me, but I don't, I can rewatch this, I think later. And it'll be more like a snapshot of that time, time and be able to look, yeah, yeah, be able to look back at it and just like, wow, that, what a crazy year that was, you know, because as crazy as this movie was this year, is that cut well kind of said the same thing last episode, how like, what are we going to like when you look back on this time? Yeah. Like, what are you going to think? You know? Yeah. We did watch two, uh, political Sasha Baron Cohen movies in a row. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> look at that. Josh. But, yeah. Um, I didn't really like it, but of course I, not. I liked it better than the first one. Cause I hated oh. the first one. How can you hate the first one? Cause it wasn't funny. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I hate cringe comedies because like a movie like this is a movie that tries too hard to be funny. And then when it's not, it's like super off putting. This one didn't try it as hard as the first one. The first one was like just blatant, like trying to be too funny and it wasn't funny at all. See, I feel like there is like a fine line there where it's like you're trying too hard and or you're not. And it doesn't work because it's just you You can see where they're trying so hard versus like just being cringy. And I don't know. There's like is like a line there. Yeah. And I don't think it did cross it. I think the I cringy. But maybe that's kind of what I live for. I love awkward moments. Like when an awkward situation happens, mm-hmm. I'm dying inside of laughter. I live for those moments. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like a personal uh, critique almost. Like, like you feel subjective. like it went too far. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. <clears throat> like some people might say like they uh, don't think it tried or whatever their intention is. You know, you don't really even know the intention of what was there if if they were trying that hard or not. Like it could feel overwritten. I know what you're saying, but I think it's like a little subjective. But anyway, oh, yeah, go ahead, absolutely continue. it is. But I think the first one was way more like cringy and like out there than this one. I think this one's kind of stayed in it pretty reserved, especially for what you would expect from the first one. Um, so I think that's I think that's why I liked it a little bit more. I tr- I think I kind of chuckled like twice which i, I didn't mm. at all the first one so i was like belly laughing better. with this oh no not. <laughs> during like the dancing it was so uncomfortable oh yeah <laughs> okay uh i really liked it as well i thought the same thing i it was funny as you're talking i was of course i had the same thoughts uh just that i was like watching it and i was like oh shit this is gonna be like dating itself and it's you know it's going to be bad because of that and like it's going to bother me or whatever but rewatching the first one that one works so well because it came out in 2006 so 15 years later and that movie is still uh you know t- it still works and it's still kind of like these things are those thing the problems that they confront in that movie are still relevant today mm-hmm. and i feel like they kind of always will be or at least for a, lo- a long long time so it almost doesn't date itself because it's more broad because it's someone coming just to America for the first time to see what America is like. It's so broad in that sense. And then this one is so specific that it actually ended up working for me as well. Yeah. Cause they get so specific with jokes and like it does date itself, but in a way that obviously if you're agreeing with his politics or his views, you're going to enjoy it or laugh at it because <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of this stuff you don't even have to write. You just have to feature 
Trump supporters and these conspiracy theorists, and you don't even have to write anything for them. They just make the jokes themselves. And I wonder if it's also funnier, like, if you have been, like, keeping really on track of all that stuff, like, QAnon and all those, as soon as they start talking, I'm like, uh, these guys are QAnon conspiracy theorists, like, wait until they start talking about the baby's blood. And then they literally, like, right (laughs) after that, talked about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. And, um... I like uh, just with the first same thing with the first one with this movie. I like all the stuff that has that features him pulling the wool over other people. You know, like he's pulling a fast one on real people. Yeah. And all the stuff that like is obviously written just like scenes with like him and his daughter. That's obviously just there's nothing. There's no pranker or there's no there's nothing else going on. It's just written for the movie to get to, you know, to make have it to make it have a plot. That stuff I didn't like as much. But it also, well, I know why they had to have it. And well, it the part behind the dumpster with the baby. Well, yeah, like that was but it hilarious. Sets up, yeah, that it sets up, up a scene with a doctor or a <laughs> not even a doctor. What is he? He's, no, he's somebody that tries anti-abortionist. to an anti-abortionist. Yeah, he tries to talk to them and talk them out of getting an abortion. <laughs> I love that, <laughs> that scene. That part was so good. Yeah, he was behind a dumpster. He put the baby in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Having that scene and then being able to yeah. say, like, you know, we were behind a dumpster, he put a baby in me, and that really did happen, but obviously when you're just hearing it it's for like, the first when time. You, when you call him daddy, yeah, <laughs> it's like, sounds a little weird. No, this is my daughter. So, yeah, I liked all of those scenes. I, I did like Maria Baklova <laughs> as well, and, yeah, I like all the, I like all of the, I feel like he really went... He really did a lot of things in this that were like because there was some big name people in it. Like he actually put on a Trump suit and went to the the CPAC. Yeah. He uh, he actually hid in a closet in a hotel room with Rudy Giuliani there. Like a lot of these things are real. Like they're not staged. And I don't know. I feel like it gets some credit for that or should and get credit for that. That's what is hard for me sometimes, like differentiating which parts are staged. Because some of them I'm like, there's no way like right. this can be like. Well, that was I think that was something in the first movie that you don't know. Some of it was staged and yeah. like there is that possibility of it being staged, but I think for the most part in this, I want to say the majority of it wasn't. It felt like staged. It. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it felt mostly it was yeah, it was hard to tell if it was or wasn't. So yeah. I the only thing that like job. yeah, I'm trying to think of anything that felt staged or What about the computer store? Right, because yeah. he talks to him <laughs> later, and I'm like, he had to be in on it then, right? Like, or yeah, some interactions could be like the like the first their first interaction could have been real, and they got that, and then they yeah, and then they brought, brought him back, back maybe that, or something. Definitely could have been. I would love to see like just an uncut like behind the scenes. I like I know the woman that's in it. Uh, she actually thought it was a documentary about. Um, young girls being groomed for like Sugar men. Yeah. <laughs> so she, that's why she was like being sincere. She was like trying to help her, like tell her that she didn't have to do that. Like she didn't have to be gifted to somebody. And yeah, uh, like uh, there's a lot of articles like, out yeah, there. Don't ever do that in front of someone <laughs> again or whatever. But yeah, I liked it overall. Yeah, I was, I was laughing and I even liked the father daughter aspect that they built into it felt pretty good by the end of it. There was actual like progression and that was like this kind of side story into it because it started off 
he only cared about the signs basically and yeah. she loved him and she ate the monkey or whatever and he hated her and then by the end of it it felt pretty good like i mean it, uh, it wasn't like super dramatic or anything but no but it it's was a again it's just it like touching. a yeah. it's yeah it's a good plot to to get it's a good reason to go to all these different places, right? For him to yeah. see these political figures and to, you know, the scenes that they set up, like the abortion scene that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, yeah. yeah. The the debutante ball with, you know, going with your daughter, the daddy-daughter <laughs> dance or whatever. I didn't like the, I didn't love the end of it, like the fertility dance or whatever, but... <laughs> Yeah, that was horrible. I didn't love that. It was so hard to watch. I thought that whole—I didn't like that whole scene at all. I did. I don't get the point of it. Well, they like that (laughs) scene. Why was that scene even in there? Because they were trying to—he's trying to teach her like dances and manners so that she'll be a better gift. Yeah, right. But but a lot of again. So that's that's the plot, right? But the point is, all the point is always just like in the first one they it's to shed light on like these people and like what they, which that's why I don't, I didn't like that scene. It's usually, they're usually trying to like extract some kind of catch them off guard. Yeah. Like what do they actually think? And that it actually does uh, that one dad. Remember that? He said, how much would you, how much do you think my daughter's worth? And he's like, that was fucked up. He's like (laughs) $500. That, that was fucked up. Right and his daughter, daughter, yeah, and his she, daughter was like, yeah, like what the hell? But that's the thing is like, so you go to those places like that, and he gets that stuff from him, and it's and it shows these people they're caught off guard and they don't know that this is what it is, and they get exposed basically. I love how they even uh, fit in because Borat was extremely. F- popular movie and even at the beginning he's like and i had he had to wear a disguise mm-hmm. because yeah. everyone knew who borat was yeah i liked all of his disguises too it's pretty funny his oh. uh other uh, one at the one that he wears to the trump rally that is great yeah. and like that the was KKK? like no no the, the yeah that was funny <coughs> too that you just walked in with the kkk but the one he he dresses up he basically just dressed up like hillbilly right yeah he, what was his name country dan or something i don't remember and he sang country that song, Steve. <laughs> Country Steve. Country Steve. Yeah. But when he was singing the song and like they're just singing along with it, I'm just like, holy shit! Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, like, like the Saudis or something. The, cut their yeah, heads. something about yeah, something like that. <laughs> like the Saudis are like, <laughs> oh man, I can't believe like he gets those things. And I want to look at the actual video of that event because that oh, must have been a real event that just happened, right? Yeah, I I saw the raw footage of the CPAC event. The, that was pretty funny. Where he's dressed as Trump. Yeah, as Trump. Which I liked. I like the idea, but the execution, obviously, that was probably the hardest one to do to pull off because of the amount of security and everything. Like he got escorted out right away. It didn't really go anywhere. Instantly, yeah. Yeah, but like they, like you said, they pivoted well from that to to move to keep the movie going. Yeah, but it moved on to Rudy. Yeah. Because it, it would have been impossible, like to get that kind that kind of scene get with any, Mike Pence, yeah, getting closer to Pence. Yeah, exactly. The vice president. Yeah, it wouldn't have happened. Uh, yeah. Can you? But still, the fact that they got Rudy Giuliani, that that scene was bad. Yeah, it was bad. It was hard to watch. It was that and, part <coughs> was not funny. It was just hard to watch for me. You could even yeah. tell she got uncomfortable at that one part. So, 
not to like dissect it or anything, but what did you think of that scene? Because there is actually a lot of discussion online about the the scene and like what do they think happened? Is there some movie magic? Is there some editing going on? Like there's actually people defending Giuliani. And I don't like if you watch it, you can see that what you know what he wants and like what would have happened if you know if if it played out differently oh i mean i think i think it's pretty i think it's pretty yeah like clear that he would have cut and dry like yeah like he there's just a whole thing like was he touching himself or not like he says he was tucking in his shirt like Mm, do you believe any of that no no i don't I mean, I was just, just based on like the interview, how the interview was going. Like, yeah, right. He was clearly like flirting with her. Come right. On. Like we we all know that was flirting, and then the way he helped the mic, her get off her mic was really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And you could tell like the actress was actually uncomfortable when he did that. Yep. Like yep. she like kind of like cringed away for a second, like broke character. And there's the there is a uh, the reason Sasha Baron Cohen was hiding in the closet was because that. Giuliani had security uh, right by the door that wouldn't let people in or out. Like, that's mm-hmm. fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <clears throat> so, yeah, that, that scene was uncomfortable. But amazing that they were able to get it. And, and now it it's a movie. real thing that affect real politics. That's yeah. like, uh, that's why you can believe more of the other parts, right? That they were real because, I mean, that was real. He's like suing him or something, right? Right. And, um, do you, did you ever see he, cause Sasha Baron Cohen had his own show or something, right? Somewhere. The Ali G show. That's how these characters Borat, yeah. Bruno, they were all characters on his show originally. Mm-hmm. And he got like that one politician, political, I don't remember who he was, but like to dance around with his pants down and stuff. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. That was hilarious. Like, he's like, this is how you don't offend the like middle Easterns or something. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh he had Trump on too before obviously before he was yeah. president but um and then Trump claims that he's the only one that knew it was like fake and of course it he out. did <laughs> of course he did yeah i know and Sasha Baron Cohen refutes it to like no he had no idea <laughs> yeah of course but i can't uh it's hard to it's hard to like critique and talk about it more as like a film because it is so mockumentary it's mm-hmm. just like it's basically looking at it like a you know, the filming style and everything is very much of a documentary. So it's hard to talk about it more of like a film, like where there's, you know, cinematography and shots and well, because a lot of times they're trying to hide the camera. Yeah. Right. You you can't have a good (coughs) shot and just hide the camera. That's not really possible to do. Yeah. I think most of it just comes down to like the writing and the setup and the jokes and the payoffs and all that and all that stuff I liked. So I agree. I'll definitely would watch this again. Anything that you want to say that you didn't like? Cause I know you, I mean, I just, it's just not for you. It just, I, yeah. I mean, there's not really nothing really to, no, it's not like I can break say this down is or why critique. I didn't like it. It's yeah. Just right. I mean, I expect it actually to not be good. I mean, it's been what, 14 years since the last one. Yeah. Like, uh, I thought uh, that was my expectation going into like, I was like, there's no way that this is going to be, that good and it felt like it was rushed out like it came they announced out nowhere it. yeah and, and then like less than a month later it was, it was out. out i was like what and the it's hell? talking about all this stuff that's like very close yeah to now yeah like very current like weirdly covid everything so yeah it just felt like it like yeah. it just felt like they 
rushed it out. But obviously, like the CPAC, that was in February. Yeah. So they've been filming this for, well, it's been in production for, you know, over a year, obviously. Yeah. And so they've also been making, must have made a lot of it during the. Yeah. Well, pandemic. they, yeah, they did filming before that. And then, like, it's funny that you know, right when COVID happens and then they make that a plot, a point and it in the works. movie. And it works. Yeah. yeah, it was when way better than... with the QAnon guys. Way better yeah. integrated than fucking host. Way better COVID references. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you want to rate it? Yeah. Gave what it do you say? Not a five. Give it a three and a half. I also gave it a 3.5. I gave it a two. Boo. Well, do you want to go right into Borat? I mean, I rewatched it. Borat again? Oh, oh, the first, first, one. first one. Well, I mean, we don't have to talk a lot about it. But kind of already mentioned some I didn't stuff. Wait, I watched the first one. Again. Okay. The only thing I want to say about it, like I already said, is that even with it being 15 years old, it still is so relevant. And there is some stuff that I wish like would have gone on longer. Like they do, you know, he goes, he moves around a lot in that one because he's traveling like in the i think in the second one they stay mostly in one place well that's also what i want to point out too that the reveal that he was the one who spread covid to everyone and they injected oh yeah it yeah the end i didn't that like the so ending good. Yeah. <laughs> that was good i love that and he's like because he traveled all over the world and right. spread it and to like every country yeah. it was all the hot he spots. goes to he goes to the port in wuhan and <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, and like it's like sneezed yeah or something. he's like coughing on the fish <laughs> That that part oh, yeah. like was so good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was funny. But yeah, um, okay. But yeah, the the first one, there's some scenes that I wish like would have went on a little bit longer, or like just gotten more from that. Basically, like I don't feel like it was uh, as maybe cohesive, I guess, as the second one. But I still like no. it. The basically the exact same. Yeah. And the thing with Borat which I already mentioned is that he, he is like, he's takes on, um, some of the things that obviously he's trying to expose. So like, obviously he's like, you know, misogynistic and, uh, racist and all these things. Cause he's, <laughs> cause he gets away with it cause he's foreign. But by being that and talking to other people like, Oh yeah, you know, like yeah, women, they shouldn't have rights. Right. And they're like, yeah, they shouldn't. Or like in the, in the second one, he's like, Oh, we should, you know, kill all the Democrats. Right. And they just agree. Like, yeah, I wish they were all dead. <laughs> like it's fucked up, but they, he's just exposing them for what they actually believe and yeah, getting them to say it. Yeah, because they're not afraid to say it to him because right. he's nobody. Because they think that he agrees with them. Yeah. So <laughs> by being by taking on those traits, he's able to expose these people. Isn't You'll it think, crazy that you can be so over the top and they agree and with they, it? And yeah. And like, they believe you. Do you think that those guys were staged, though? I don't think so. I Wait, do. who are you talking about? The Jerry the Q-Anon Q-Anon ones? Because he's don't like. Because he's like, cause I he don't have anywhere there. to say. Can I live with, stay with you? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. Like, he'll <laughs> never say that. I don't know, actually. There's no way. He that was one of the parts that I was just, I'm not sure. Yeah. That was probably the part that felt the most staged, but I would have to like, you know, obviously I'd have to look into it to see. I don't know the way they're, they're, if they, if it was staged, they're pretty good at acting because it felt like real. I just, no, I didn't. I it just felt like real dudes. I think the setup, I think that they weren't like reading lines. I think that the whole him going to them was staged. Maybe. Well, I mean, there could always be stuff off camera like, hey, like, will you let this guy we're we're filming this? Will you let this guy stay with you for a thousand dollars or whatever? Like instantly. (laughs) Yeah, but that could have that. That's what I'm saying is that could have been like planned or they paid them to stay with him. But he's still in character the whole time. 
they might not know they, they might, might know some things actually, but they don't yeah, know everything yeah. right kind of like have truths but and maybe they hadn't seen the first bow rat <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah because he is not in his disguises at that yeah, point. yeah he's just borat at that point yeah, but how many people like that would have would see Borat? <laughs> well, there's also that thing you're like, oh, I would obviously know. But a lot of times when the famous person actually walks in front of you, yeah, you, you don't know. notice. It's actually them because you just automatically want to assume, no, there's no way. Like, why is this famous person randomly here for me? You know? Yeah. And plus, wherever they were located was some nowhere. Galveston, Texas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a random spot to meet the actual Borat. Like, I don't know. It so felt yeah. pretty, they felt pretty real, even if it did feel kind of, I don't know. I would like to know. I want to know. Where, Where are, are you, Jerry? <laughs> um, but anyway, the first one, <laughs> the, I first. have like almost just like the same like nitpicks with the first one <clears throat> as the second one, but they're, they work for two different reasons and that's why I like them about the same. But this was your first watch, so. Yeah. You talk about it. I mean, I had always heard about this movie. I thought it was going to be exactly what Joshua was saying about this one, just too over the top and cringy and not funny. And I don't really like a lot of those like over the top things. Like some of the things like Adam Sandler, for example, like that Hubie Halloween had those parts that were just like cringy and not funny, like the inhaler part. Yeah. Right. But like it was, I didn't feel it this way. The, the cringe in this felt like, real awkward things that gave me you that feeling of like just i can't believe this is happening like they actually doing these things and i thought it was hilarious too i think i might have liked the second one more i don't which could be yeah just be i even though i've seen i've seen people say that yeah not a lot but yeah but i maybe it's just because some people have the nostalgia more for the first one or it's just like the stereotype that the first one's always better than the sequel but I don't know. I think I might like the sequel better just because I guess I'm more familiar with everything that's going on. And I've been following this whole political climate thing mm-hmm. since it's this whole year, especially. So just seeing all these like over the top things that I could like relate to. I thought it worked better than that other movie we watched uh, with Steve. In the same vein as it. Irresistible. Oh, Irresistible. Irresistible. Yeah, okay. I yeah. thought it like was this was like a better more funny way of showing those ca- those political themes like they were showing in that movie as well. Right, right. Yep. Uh, well, like I said, I like them the same, so I gave I gave the ended up giving the first Borat a three and a half also, but they're they're both pretty tough to rate. They probably could go up also. Yeah, they were hilarious. I mean, I I don't laugh a lot, and I was laughing like, yeah. <laughs> And stunned at some of the parts. Yeah. All right. Well, that's Borat and Borat 2. You want to move on to our debate, we'll just call it? Do you want to or you want to? <laughs> I have like one other one I can pound out really quick too, yeah. before we go on to the. Well, I watched another movie, too. Do you want to do you want to save the Babadook for the end or do we you want could, to do because what else? It's probably going to be a little long. OK, that's fine. So oh. I'll do. OK, I have one also. So good. Go ahead. All right, I watch Ya No Estoy Aquí. <laughs> I'm No Longer Here. So it's a movie from Mexico directed by Fernando Frias. And basically the cast is 
a bunch of no they're not like non-actors basically there's is the main character is juan danielle danielle garcia trevino and it doesn't really matter what the rest of the people are <laughs> like and there's a lot to like about this movie it was shot beautifully the cinematography was so good and it's a netflix movie so hmm. if you guys want to watch it um it's also a 2020 even though it says 2019 it's may 2020 and it basically follow well i guess i'll read the synopsis here in monterey mexico a young street gang spends their days dancing to slow down cumbia and attending parties after a mix-up with a local cartel their leader is forced to migrate to the u.s but quickly longs to return home and it's basically a coming of age story so it follows the main character ulysses and even though they're part of a gang they're not really like doing anything they're just kids they basically toll people to walk down the street they get a toll from them and that's it and then they spend most of their time dancing to cumbia and the special specific kind Col- colombia with a k though and the dances they do are so good all of the dancing scenes are so well shot and i loved them <laughs> loved them and it everything about this movie felt real um yeah acting at parts when it was in english (laughs) not so good like again none of these people none of these people are like actors they're all like non-actors so Mm -hmm. there was one part particular these guys at apartment he was staying at in the u.s Mm, bad (laughs) but for the most part it is a really interesting movie and you get to see really this hard part of these gangs and the camaraderie that they kind of have it's like family in mexico and then he ends up illegally crossing the border into the u.s and makes it to new york and you see the hardship somebody has to go through even though it kind of made the u.s especially the police look really nice like really nice for the most part (laughs) which is a i don't know why and it kind of made mexico look bad even though it's a mexican director it only shows like the dirty, dark parts of like Mexico. And then he makes it to the U.S. and it shows more like better things. Maybe that's just his view on it. But it does show some of the humanizing parts of the cartels and how they help out the area and kind of the problems between like the police and the government's hard stance and what they're doing is actually hurting the people. And then the cartels are there, hey, giving them groceries and stuff. And now they're kind of liking their cartels and against the government. It's like the government was doing it wrong. And that was cool. But the biggest part of this is just it was beautiful like to look at. Some of the storyline was a little bit weaker, especially there was this love angle part that just never really worked. It kind of just fell apart, too. But overall, I, I really enjoyed watching. I think it's definitely worth a watch, especially since another international movie getting added there. And yeah, I recommend it. I gave it a four out of five, which may be a little generous, but I was teetering on the edge. Just what really pushed me over, it just was so nice to look at. Light four. Yeah. Cool. Do you want to go? Sure. I watched so As Above, So Below, rewatch. Oh, hey. Our boy, John Eric Dowdle. Yep. 
<laughs> and this is it is exactly what I remember it being a very average horror film um, the acting at sometimes was questionable and I don't remember that being like the case when I first watched it but like the main the the camera guy is like a like a pretty good actor and he looked he like was pretty bad in this movie and it's it was kind of weird to see but um yeah it's a, it's a found footage film um so you on the late end of those yeah and you the renaissance yeah, of found footage yeah because yeah. there was like a huge after a, a paranormal of activity of everything is just like found footage films now and then it kind of fell off and then this movie came out i guess yeah um so like in terms of like cinematography it's obviously handheld so it's not the best but yeah it's it kind of <laughs> is dizzying at times and but i i do like found footage some to some extent because it is you do get to see like from it their puts perspective you in that yeah. point but, of view yeah um and i also like um it had like kind of a national treasure type of like you had to learn they had to learn about the history and all the history of things and like they had a f- they found like clues and stuff and that yeah. was kind of a cool angle but it just it's it's an extremely average horror movie um it wasn't as scary as i remember it being too so that kind of knocked it down a little bit but um yeah it was some of the effects were bad um just because it's it isn't six years old but you can tell they didn't have a crazy budget either i'm assuming so um yeah yeah i gave it a two and a half cool still not really interested in checking it out but uh, yeah it's, it's not really it's, <laughs> it's fast i mean it's an hour and a half and you don't really it's paced well yeah maybe so definitely like, not anymore halloween's over next year maybe uh speaking of horror movies we talked about it last week. The scariest movie of all time. Sinister. What a joke that is, because I rewatched <laughs> Sinister. I have n- I've only seen it one other time. What, is that Silence <laughs> a Hoax too, Kyle? So this was my first rewatch. Just like COVID. <laughs> um, I actually thought it started really good. Like the setup and everything. Um, just discovering these tapes and these videos and watching it, and they're all like, how the videos are shot the the murders basically it's you know very voyeuristic and like you don't know what's going on you don't know what's behind it obviously you're you're familiar with the the main demon uh, i think it's bagul. Bagul, bagul you're familiar with him so you know he's involved and it's kind of like this you know it has like this mystery angle that works pretty well for it um but really it's just not very scary at all honestly it's i did not find it scary in the slightest uh, like the, so spoiler alert for Sinister, it's about eight years old now. Uh, it ends up involving like these kids. So Bagul is like, has to feed off children's souls to survive. So he, so he basically gets the kids to do the murders and it just throws this. It's so stupid how like it all plays out. Like when he, when Ethan Hawke discovers this and then. Is like revisiting the tapes. They he finds more tapes. That's called like the uh, extended cut or something. (laughs) 
It's so dumb. And then like it shows all the kids like revealing themselves in the tapes because they were all clipped, right? Yeah. They well, put them back you don't know that. It just they just show up and it's like extended cuts. Here you go. And then the kids reveal themselves on the video. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. And they also look really stupid. Like they there's these scenes where uh, like the children's ghosts or whatever are like creeping around and like Ethan Hawke will like look one way and they're behind him and then he'll look there and then they're not there. Yeah, it's in slow motion. They're like running and just their like look of the kids is so bad. Like not scary, pretty corny. Yeah, it was. And then they it does actually rely on pretty much being jump scares to get everything. Is that why it's considered the scariest? Just because people jump a lot at it? Right. Because it's measured by your heart rate and pulse. Oh, that's what they do. It's not like you vote like what creeped me out the most or what was actually horrific. It's measured all by your heart rate. Yeah, And this movie does have quite a bit of jump scares. See, I remember hearing so many things about it. And I remember when I watched watched it the first time, I didn't really like it that much. But I don't remember yeah. like anything about uh, it. Like I've everything couple, you're talking about, I don't remember any of I've that. I've seen it like yeah. three, three times, I think. But I remember I didn't like it the first time I saw it. Yeah, I loved it coming out of the theater. I absolutely loved it. I mean, yeah, 10 years ago, like being a horror fan, I could see why this would appeal to you. But rewatching it with like a critical eye, it's is not very good. There is some good stuff like. You know, I like I like Ethan Hawke and his wife. I, all the acting was pretty good. You know, for horror movies, acting is like one thing that usually suffers a lot. Right. But obviously, you have Ethan Hawke in there; it's going to be good. Um, some of the music choices too, like it was pretty unsettling. Actually, like they would play over the tapes, over the videos, uh-huh. and it wouldn't be like just score. It would be like they would add like the weird vocals in it. Uh-huh. It was kind of creepy, so that worked. Um, yeah, it's just it's everything relating to like the whole like the actual horror element just didn't really work. And uh, there's a really basically the end uh, is the best explanation of how of the scares in this movie. The uh, the very last shot is like the box of the yeah box of tapes in the attic, and then like Bagul like he like pops his head into frame, and it's like a loud noise. Yeah. Yeah, you know, one of those things. Yeah, I yeah. That. And that basically yeah. sums up the scares in this movie. Just try to get you like jump at stupid See, shit. I, it was I, so bad. I think jump scares are such a cop out. You can use some of them. Like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But I feel like for me, horror, now I'm so desensitized by everything I've seen. I need that like slow buildup of dread that just like washes over me, which would not look what, like, uh, I mean, I guess hereditary is just that slow burn and build up of just this dark foreboding sense of mm-hmm. present just atmosphere that's just heavy. And that works so much like that oppressiveness works so much better for me. And then when shit hits the fan later, then it's like that's when it works for me. That's when it's scary. Yeah. That's all that really works for me now. Like, yeah, little jump scares like. Ton, too many of them they're over you is it they i it's like desensitized and yeah they make you jump but it's not like then it's over you know then that's it then it doesn't stick with you versus like something like that can stick with you for like a day later and you're still like well that was fucked up you know yeah they they 
this was rated R too. I don't know, understand why they didn't like really go for it. Like in terms of just imagery, horror imagery, like the tapes and everything, like could have been, you know, like a lot more horrific. And even the kids, like just how they look could have been more horrific. Everything like you're, you're tying your, you're tying your movie to a demon and it's just, I don't know, just once I, once you see him and everything and you know what's going on, everything just felt so corny after that. I was like, I could not get into it anymore. Just, yeah, I like the beginning. It really falls apart though. I, yeah, I gave it a three. I, the more I think about it, I probably should have went 2.5, but it's somewhere in, in that realm. It's not terrible, but it's definitely not the scariest movie of all time. And it's not as good as I remember. I, I remember the one tape with the lawnmower. That, that, that was dope one. I like the pool one the best because, like, I think yeah, the pool one's that's cool when too. you first see Bagul, and it's a really cool reveal of him, like, just standing underwater because that's such, like, a that's something that, you know, shouldn't you shouldn't be able to just, like, stay underwater and walk underwater. So, obviously, something is already, off. you know, off about it. And then, yeah, you, like, only barely see him, like, for a second pretty good okay are we ready for the, our last Babadook. review so we all rewatched the babadook after discussion i think last week of horror movies and what i wanted to rewatch and so i rewatched it first i think it kind of sparked some inspiration because you wanted to come in with a fresh viewing of it to be able to talk about it right am i wrong Oh, right. So we all rewatch Babadook. This is Jennifer Kent's. Uh, was this her first movie? Yeah. Yep. First Only movie. Has two. Oh, no. She directed something called Monster. Is that a short? Yeah, it's a short. Okay. Yeah, she only has this in Nightingale. So, yeah. Uh, Nightingale. Wasn't a huge fan of Nightingale. Babadook, I remember not liking when I first watched it. And so I went in. I'm like, okay, this is for sure going to be better. Just like it follows. I thought it was going to be something like that. Right. So do you want me to start? <laughs> what? Sure. I hated the Babadook even more. This movie is literally garbage. Um, I don't see much redeeming about it at all, and I don't. And I'm ready to back that up. I think you better be. I think as a horror movie, first off, it works on no levels. Like nothing about this is scary or horrific or anything it's terrible the creature design like i thought i remembered it being like pretty good but it is so corny and just stupid looking it's so bad i don't understand how anybody could think this movie is scary in the slightest tell that to there is there's a one good fifty-five thousand people that there is one good (laughs) image in the movie what is it? And it's when <laughs> say sorry, I just you forgot. <laughs> and he's no, like, I just, and it's the end. I blackness. just this something pod. No, I got a notification. My knee is fucked from you dropping me, Kyle. It's from Johnny. You dropped him. I don't remember that oh at God. all. <laughs> sorry, <clears throat> reminiscing about last night already. Um, it's the image when he is in like the background of he's in the house. She's looking through the window, and he's in the house next door, the old lady's house. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Only good image. Behind what Claire? Is that her name? The old lady? Yeah, um, 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 hold on, I'll tell you. Yeah, Claire. Haley McElhinney. McElhinney. 
anyway uh yeah so that was the only time that I was like oh that's you know kind of creepy like I, I like stuff like that we've talked about it before on the show and then everything else was just uh so bad in terms of like especially just the horror the horror angle aspect is terrible i thought the the book was super cool the flip uh what are pop out book where yeah, pop up, pop, pop, up. pop up book mm-hmm. the pop up book i thought was so well done especially when they re-put it back together and like that looked like a real that must have been a real book right oh, oh yeah probably yeah. practical yeah so that was really cool like that was a pretty impressive book like when she like slits her throat and it's like pulls down and the blood's coming out i thought that was really well done like that is i think when the reveal comes though for the most part that was creepy but every time it was like just too lit up or like on the tv screen for example like he wasn't that scary looking no not at all so it was better when it was just in the dark and he you like see like the edward scissor hands like yeah the fingers yeah, yeah stuff like that like that was creepy for me but whenever it like it was lit up and you see it i'm just like that's not creepy i mean the one on the show was meant to be it was meant to be corny on the tv yeah but that's what he really looked like in it though too mm-hmm. outside he of the tv outside the tv he looked more like a mix between not a real person, but like a cutout figure, like yeah. a book, which was stupid. I thought that it was really, this movie had a message it wanted to say, and it said that ma- the message I could get from it was, you know, about depression, I'm guessing, and how the Duke you can never really get rid of depression, but it's like, it's always there, even in the end. Right, it's still there, mm-hmm. and you can go oh, back God, to it. The you ending can, of this movie, yeah, you can like so go back bad. to it. You can look at the depression, but you can control it. But it's never gone, right? You just learn to live with the depression. So, like that was good. I thought that was really well done. That brought it up for me. But as a horror movie and scary, most of the parts that were like scary, I it was funny. I thought, they yeah, were fu- I was it's laughing. comical. Yeah, like like what. When she, it actually takes control of her and she's like, chasing it's, on her on the, the, it's on the ceiling and it comes down to her. Yeah. Oh my God. That was so bad. Yeah. It goes into her mouth. And, so bad. And then when she's actually under control and now she's the Baba Duke, like, or I mean, depression took control of her, you know, metaphor. Great. She's not scary. So like, she's just chasing around the house and stuff. And like metaphor they, isn't great. It's so, he- this movie thinks it's so freaking smart and it's not, it's so Bad. It is very smart. No, I'll go it's into, not. I'll, go, I'll expound on it. Because I have a lot of... Like, I can see, like, it was very obvious. And then I got that. And, like, once I got it, that, then I'm like, okay, I get it. And it, this yeah. movie didn't know when to end. And then exactly. when it... I also did not really like the ending. Even though I get it with the metaphor again, she learned to cope. Even though that dark place is always there. Sealed away, literally. But... Like fan worms, I don't know that. I know what that is too. Oh, but yeah, like I'm excited to hear more for it. But the I just don't think I agree. It wasn't scary. It was. It was building up really nicely, and then it just wasn't. It was funny. Like most of the kid was funny a lot of times. The mom was funny when she a lot of time. Well, most of the time, like when she got control, I'm like just laughing when she's like screaming or when she's screaming at it like, this is my house. I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty corny. And, and uh, like, 
obviously everybody does things differently. I don't want to sound come off thinking I'm some kind of expert, but some parenting choices in this. It's just I hate you end up hating the characters like and you can't get behind them because you hate the kid. He's you annoying. hate the mom <laughs> for not doing anything about it. Like, you know, like a, you get that she is depressed or whatever, but seven years. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's yeah, because he's yeah, exactly. It's like seven, seven years, years later. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just like you can't get behind. I can't get behind her when she won't do anything about this kid or like. I don't and, know. It just seems like a lot of bad choices. And that me. also made like it interest. I could have seen, I saw where they were going and like having the kid as kind of the final girl or fighting with his mom or whatever could have been interesting, but it just felt like home alone to me. Mm. <laughs> like those parts, he's hiding and running around and grabbing. <laughs> <laughs> Donk. <laughs> like this is supposed to be this evil demonic being yeah. and this kid is like shooting a baseball at his head and like running past him. He might as well have stayed well, as that Baba Duke thing. But I get it. It's the metaphor. It's not actually existing. It's not a real right. None of that's actually existing except did he really stab his mom in the leg and stuff? If that's then it's not a metaphor. Like, is it a metaphor? Then I don't know. Like she got stabbed in a leg and like it's been like two weeks and the CPS people come out. Well, I think the movie is saying that it is real, but it's also a metaphor for the viewer. Not uh, not. I don't think the movie is saying that it isn't real. Yeah. But how does she explain how she got stabbed in the leg? Like, And then two weeks later, CPS comes and they're like, yeah, it's fine. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that whole part. Like, yeah, the ending was pretty bad to me. And the scary parts weren't that scary, but I liked what the message it was getting across for on a whole. But this is 100% a horror movie. Like the whole time it's not trying to be, it does have a sure it has an underlying heavy handed bullshit message. But <laughs> besides that, if it's not scary and it's a horror, pure horror movie, I thought, how can you I like mean, it that much? Do we, well, to was asso- do we always have to associate horror with scary? Well, for me, it was just because it's horror doesn't mean it was, it's, but it's trying to be scary. Yeah. For me, so. it was building oh, yeah, that well, trying. like with the book and stuff. Like, I'm like, oh, this is going to good. But when like, again, the proverbial shit hits the fan, then it's just not good. Like hereditary, when it hits, I'm like, oh, chills. Like it's creepy when things start going off then. But this wasn't. It was funny. And it didn't pay off. So like it had such a good build up for me and it didn't pay off. But I still liked it a lot. I, and I thought like it was shot pretty well. You know, and I didn't really hate any of the acting per se, because, I mean, they had to, like, do pretty awkward things and it still looked okay. The kid definitely annoyed me a lot, but I don't think he was bad with the way he was doing. But I, yeah, I did like it, but I'm interested in hearing the rest of the theories and everything involved in it, because I don't think my view on the score changed at all. This is probably what I would have given it the first time I saw it, too. Hmm. Um. I love the Babadook, um, and it actually went up on a rewatch. Um, because when you read about it and you go more into it, and you, I was looking up these because you obviously you have the one theory is pretty much cemented, and we've touched on it, and it's about depression, basically PS or PTSD of um, her losing her husband, um, but. There's multiple theories, and th- that's one theory. The other theory is um, that it's she is addicted to drugs. So like the me- she's like 
probably methamphetamine, and that's why her teeth are rotting. Um, she has dilated pupils, can't sleep. Um, so that I'll, I got the notes. So it's like um, uh, dilated eyes, bipolar behavior, up and down, hallucinating, because um, she was looking for like a quick fix, so she would, um, you know, get all, go get all high and then. She'd just be all tired and graggy and mad. And that's at why she kept staying her, up all night. Yep, that was her like behavioral swings were attributed to. And then um, she's tied down. So she's like going through withdrawals. And then she pukes out black, which could be black was obviously chosen to be um, darker because you're like expelling the demons. But um that was actually like it could be literal puke and she was going through withdrawal and she and she puked and um that's one the other theory i was always wondering about the tooth thing the other theory all the the one that i liked the most is the idea well she actually wrote the book she wrote babadook because she it says that she wrote children's books so she was a writer so she wrote the Babadook oh, and she, she created she, she created the Babadook for the for her kid to think that it's, that it's not her but a monster is controlling her. So so it could be more tangible that he could so say so he's not look like she's not as bad. It's the monster controlling her and that's what she associates her um depression and all that is attributed so she created this monster for him to understand why she does what she does and um, that she actually in all honesty hates him. She does. She hates his kid, her kid. She doesn't, she doesn't like him. She never wanted him. She even says it when um, she goes, I wish it was you, not your, not your dad that died. I wish it was you. So she resents the kid. So like this whole, the whole time is like her just hating a kid and that's, and he just wants her to love him and she doesn't, so I mean, like, you definitely feel that from the beginning. And, and that's why he's so annoying. He wants her attention. He wants her to love her, but he, she doesn't. That's why he's like, mom, 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 mom. Like, look at me. Look what I'm doing. Pay attention to me. Love me. And she just doesn't because she wishes that he died, not her husband. Another angle. That's um, in terms of the worms. That's another thing that helps. So she's feeding him worms because kids think that monsters eat worms. So that's her saying, I have to go feed him worms. But she's actually, obviously, she's just going down to, to like, look at her, the, her, the dad's old clothes and like kind of okay. reminisce. And that's why she said um, it was quiet today because, like, she didn't go through it, didn't go through the, the swing that she has sometimes because she's obviously, it's always, always there. Um, and the, the person attributed to, I guess it's called um, analytical psychology which is a Carl Jung Jung. Yeah. Um, and that um, the Babadook is, so this is another theory. Well, which is also kind of the main theory and that's, I don't the like Bab- Jung's theories, but the Babadook is just a lingering depression. That's yeah. And her, um, that he's the, it's called a shadow. So you have like this unconscious part of your brain that, um, is just suppressed. And then like eventually, it comes out and you can't stop it and it's going to happen. And that's what, that's why it, um, 
that's why when she shit hit the fan, it was her just succumbed to the to the depression. And um, it says uh, little a few knocks, like he would knock, and then she'd open the door, and no one would be there, knock. So it's like that's her, like that's the Babadook, that's that shadow part of her brain knocking, like oh I'm coming, and then burst through the door, and then she's, and you can see it when she wakes up, and it it gets into her. That's her like succumbing to her depression that's her fits um the home alone style is answered because this has happened before it happens often so he that's how he fights he does it multiple times he knows what's going to happen he knows how to fight her because it happens so often it's not happened once it's that's why he was like prepared and yeah where to put everything and yep how what to do and even when she was saying those things to him at that one part and he looked like he was believing her, he never did because mm-hmm. she probably always does that. Yep. And then she would, um, you want ice cream because like any bad parent that does something bad, you want to try and spoil our kid for them to forget that she, you know, so she, that's why I think that you can like her because she wants to, she tries to like the kid, but she just resents him because she want she wants her husband to be alive, not. Well, she did the same the thing with the school too, right? What's that? Well, she like don't call him the boy or oh yeah, or like stuff like that. So that's her actually. Um, and then, um, what you were saying, like how she defeats the Babadook, is, um, that's just her, you know, realizing her problem, obviously. Um, and she yells at this is my house, like this is my my body's my house, my my head is my mm-hmm. my house get get and that's uh, when he goes to the basement that's her like her her room is her safe place and then the basement is that depression that's why the babadook is in the basement so the house is like her mind yeah the house is a is like a, a metaphor for her her mind that's why he's in the basement and so that's another that's another one and that's that's awesome because um you can assume when he's getting thrown around by the Babadook, that's her actually throwing him around. Well, that's what I figured. Him. Yeah. Um, and then like she has to, she says she needs to, to convince Samuel that the monster was real. So that she confronted it and that's locked in the basement. It'll never fully go away, but be, can be contained and managed day by day. So that's your, your depression or that's your, um, yeah. everything. And but the, the, the angle that the angle that she wrote the book I thought it was really cool. Like it just miraculously showed up on his shelf because she put it there. And that's why she's in the book because she drew it. And she, she was the one that, you know, these were the, what, what extremes might happen if this depression, if I can't get it. Mm-hmm. And that's why she gets mad and um, rips it all up, but she puts it back together, but then she burns it. And then that's her like saying, I don't, I don't want to fight this. I don't want to realize it. Because every time she looks at the book, she starts crying because she's sad that she's that she knows what she's going to do. And then she throws a book, burns the book and then it's gone. And that's she has nothing to look at to know what her problem is. So um, she burns it. And then that's her just that's that's when the shit hits the fan because she she can't she doesn't want to confront it. She burns the book. She doesn't like seeing what's in it, even though. It's the reality of what because it just reminds her of what 
because she's ashamed of what she does, mm-hmm. basically, and she doesn't want to be reminded of what she does. Yeah, yeah. So that's her. Um, burn when she burns a book. It's her like saying, "I don't want to. I don't want to know what I do." So she, and then she does it. And that's why she's always so annoyed when he says the Baba Dude because it really is her. Yep, she just want to hear about the bad things she does. And that's the Baba Duke. The name of the Baba Duke is. Um, it means like translated, I guess it was to chuckling father. So it has something to do with like Baba is like what kids say when they say dad or like dada, Baba. I guess it might be Australian. You know, we <coughs> say, we say dada, but they might say Baba. Maybe Papa. So yeah, that's like the three, the, she wrote the book. That theory kind of goes in line with. And maybe the, cause that light that shines when she looks at it, that's like her coming into grips with her. That's the light depression. coming in and, or it's also the, the car headlights cause they, her, um, they died. He died in a car accident, Yeah, but that also is, that's, I'm glad you brought it up because that's in Carl Jung says to confront, to confront a person with his own shadow is to show him his own light. So she she saw her light. And the only way you can see your shadow is if you have you see your light, too. That's the only way you can battle the the depression or whatever she's, you know, what she was dealing with. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how do you that's so deep, this movie. That's so. Yeah, there is a lot more deep. layers there that I, those are what layers I didn't see. And if you and yeah. you like reading it, I'm like you and I, I read some of this and then watched the movie and you're like, wow, like. It makes sense. And then you can you can look at all of them, like any of the theories. The drug addiction makes sense. Who knows if it was about drugs or if it's about just things, this anxiety that she's... But besides the depression angle, those are just theories that are not even substantiated. They're just, they're just theories. They're ideas. Basically I mean, fan theories. It, I mean, if a fan <laughs> so, figured that out, like that's the that's, way he interpreted that, the movie. Yeah, I but mean, there's no yeah. intention in the movie that you don't know says that. that. Well, she does, besides the depression it. angle, she does say that she wrote children. She said, I wrote in some magazines, well, also some children's stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the children's book. She wrote the Babadook. Yeah, but you don't know that. Why do you, do you want them to say, oh, yeah, uh, no, by I'm the way, she that. wrote this book. <laughs> that, that would make the movie horrible. Even if she did write the book, what what does it change? Well, it just shows that sh- the Baba Duke was a creative fictional character she created for the kid to basically let her know when she was changing into that dark place again. Yeah, so you're saying that this is going to be cyclical that she has it locked away that this has happened before and that it's just going to keep repeating itself. Quite possibly, yeah. And that's, or, that's depression. Well, that's maybe she psychosis. never came into this is the first time she actually like realized and came in the grips with her depression. Cause they throughout the movie, she was always avoiding it. Every time someone talked about it, she would not be okay with it. Every time someone brought it up, she would snap on them. But then at the end, when the CPS said, he's like, this is my first birthday. I celebrate. He's like, she's like, yeah, this is the day his dad died. Mm-hmm. And that was her just saying it and admitting it for the first time. And her talking about first to somebody versus the rest of the movie where she's snaps She's like, why do you have to keep talking about it? They're like, it was seven years ago. Like, 
you need to move on. And she finally was able to control the Babadook and move on. Sure. <laughs> even if even if there's I get like the depression thing, it's so obvious that yeah, it's it's there or whatever. I'm just saying like as I don't know, this this horror angle or this story that she that they use that they're telling to make this metaphor is not good. Wait, what? Does I'm saying that just because it has a deeper meaning doesn't make the movie any better. That makes it more layered than than it puts on on. Like any movie that has that much depth is a good movie. And it's portrayed not true. <laughs> not true at all. I mean what I just don't understand where like how this isn't like horrific and it's not just because it's not like in your face scary, it's tense, it's dramatic, it's it's like a, a psychological psychodrama of sorts. Like that horror, it could be horrors of the mind. Like that's a horrific thing. Like psychosis, hating your kid, trying to kill your kid. That's that's horror. That's that's very scary. That's not. It doesn't have to be. That like, is. Oh, it, uh. it, it would be if these characters were different. Like I'm saying, the setup and everything. Like all of these things would work in a in a completely. These ideas. They're in other movies and they do work, but the 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 way that this is written and these characters are written, I don't care about any of that because you just hate these characters or I hate these characters. So none of that is working for me. Okay, All of those doesn't things, make it a horror, well, bad movie. To me, you it don't does. get it. <laughs> no, I get it. That's the problem. Everybody, they can like it, but I'm saying. It still is. It still is definitely not even a, even taking out subjective things. I don't think it's that. I still don't think it's that great of a film. Like just I think it's how great it's film. made. It's filmed well. The score is good. I mean, acting's good. Great. It's okay. I mean, I don't, like everything about it is. It's just a solid, well done movie. It's it won multiple awards and. I mean, because it's an indie film, it didn't get on to, like, the Oscars. But it won, like, plenty of awards. I got nominated for a lot of awards. I really wish I had my notes. <laughs> I probably have more things. But it's, it's, it's just one of those things that even though there's, like, I get everything that you're saying. And the depression angle is very obvious, a little heavy-handed. But like all the elements outside of that and just how they're telling this story, that's what makes it. That's why I don't like it. And watching it, I'm, you know, not scared, pretty boring. Just as I'm watching it, I'm not enjoying it. So that's obviously the biggest problem if when you're watching a movie, right? Not having to read about it afterwards i mean you just because you read about a movie doesn't make it like less no of course not. i do that there's lots of films that you have to do that with enemy didn't understand enemy first three times i watched it still don't understand it (laughs) lighthouse (laughs) but that's a movie that has a lot of metaphors in it and uh surreal imagery that make it better to you 
because that imagery works. This does not to me. Sure. Put that as a little stamp. So, yeah. If I... I'll have to look at my notes, but that's okay. About what? The Babadook. If I had anything else written down. Oh. So you gave it pretty low, though, right? Oh, yeah. So you think it's a below average movie, though? For sure. He's saying it's as bad as The Grudge. Yeah. I'd probably rather rewatch The Grudge. Yeah, it's You're insane. I will say the pacing was pretty boring. It felt slow, and then it never really paid off. Even yeah. when things got crazy, it that stuff ended and then that weird ending tonally just felt so off from the, what just happened. And it was so long afterwards, right? It wasn't like a wrap up at the end. It was like 15 minutes after the scary part, you know? And I think the ending, you can put whatever explanation you want in there is stupid as fuck feeding it the worms and just like, I get it. Yeah. You got to live with your demons. Got to live, you know, She's accepted it, and it's not. If it's never gone, it's always going to be there. But uh, just getting the worms and putting it there, and then that's that's full. So Sometimes bad. Sam can understand. Like it's it's the angle of her creating the monster for him to have a way to understand what she's going through. As a, I don't think she, what does she cut. say when she takes him down? She doesn't tell him that she's going to. No, she said I'll tell monster. you when you're older. Yeah. Okay. So I think she'll explain. So he still what he she's even, so he can even understand. Yeah. He can't understand what. No, he, I mean she's is. fucking him up because he's talking about this monster doll. Everybody. <laughs> well, eventually she's gonna tell him when he's yeah when older. he's older. But yeah. So what's she I gonna tell him that the that there's a monster? Because yeah. in the movie, like I said, they're playing it up as the Babadook is real. That well, even though it's, it's a metaphor to us for depression, they're pl- in the movie they're making it seem as though she thinks it's real or it is real. Because it is real to her, it's her. It's yeah, her, exactly. So it's her. Stir, it's a shadow archetype to her. They're saying that they. But that it's but it's also like told. It's shown to us in the in the fashion of what the child sees or what the like from the. It's supposed to be from like the child's not necessarily perspective, but being told in the child's way. Like it's a it's a scary book. Right, you're saying that it's not real in the movie. The Babadook is not real in the movie. No, it's just it's an archetype. It's it's a it's what it's what she attributes to is the depression that's that's leak that's lurking up and it's coming it's coming to her. It's always going to be there. Yeah. Well, yeah, as a metaphor, I get that. I don't know if that's It's not real. It could be sure. I mean, yeah, you guys could look at it both ways, but it's not meant to be real. Yeah, it's just her the whole time. Yeah. And also towards the end, that one scene that you were talking about where she's yelling at it, like, and it's just, I don't know if it was the lighting or, uh, where did I stream this on? Prime. I Is that Prime? Oh, yeah, I, I watched it on your, on that Prime. Okay, anyway. It's like all black, like you can't see, any. not that you're supposed to see something, but I just that whole scene, it's kind of like the climax, right? So you'd think that it's already been revealed, why not? have that kind of face down right there but she's just like I, looking I, into the dark I don't, yeah because it's, it's and it's like all yeah i hated how that played out because what was what did it say i was trying to remember what the quote was in it in the book it talked about it getting bigger like the more you deny me mm-hmm. like when you deny depression you keep pushing it off and it just continues to and grow he's like don't let it in don't let it in don't let it like 
Don't succumb to the depression. Don't. Well, at that part, it was getting bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and breaking the house or whatever. And then that's when she had her. Standoff. Yeah, standoff with it. Great so movie. they're saying succumbing to depression, she goes. But what is it the makes kid her go crazy? Really at this part, then I wonder. The what? What is oh. the kid actually seeing? Her just yelling at a wall or something? Well, it's like, like I said, it's 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 meant for us to like see what they're going through. She's probably not even yelling at the wall, or like she's probably she might not even be yelling. yelling actually, she it might be in her own head she's doing this, and he's not seeing anything. Terrible. One star. <laughs> Movie's trash. Great movie. Sucks. 86 out of 100. Four, four and a half star. Give it a three and a half, which is... Four and a half? Maybe slightly higher, because I think I might have given it a three. Would have probably been like a three the first time I seen it. I'll give it a four. I don't remember for sure. I felt the same way I felt when I watched it the first time, though. Like, I heard all the good things about it, and then I watched it, and I was a little disappointed. But still I, thought it was, it was above better. average movie, and... Had a lot of things going for it, but it just didn't capitalize really on anything. And it wasn't scary. No. It's unsettling. And I genuinely did go in wanting to like it and thinking it would go up on this rewatch. And I hated watching it. I just think that's, uh, it says something. I would watch it again today. Well, I I don't think I'll ever rewatch this movie. I haven't rented it on YouTube. (laughs) Got it in my memory now, so... Well, I think that is everything that we watched, right? Yep. Correct? It is correct. Cool. Uh, have we talked about next week? I don't think we have. Um. Okay. Well, I think, yeah, I think On the Rocks probably would be feature. Mm-hmm. Um, and Possessor, right? Don't you want to see Possessor? Can we see it? It's out November 6th. I mean, we would have to watch it that day or the next day to record on Sunday, but... That's hell yeah, be, I want to watch that. That's the big one. It's out on VOD November 6th. Nice, hell yeah. Cool, there we go. We got it figured out. That was quick. Uh, Possessor <laughs> and On the Rocks. We'll have another double feature. So that'll be the show next week. Um, if you want to follow us on Instagram, our Instagram is at Suds and Cinema Podcast. You can send questions and comments in to Suds and Cinema Podcast at gmail.com. Follow myself on Letterboxd and Untapped at the KG Project. I'm on both of those as well as JSAL517. That's JSAL517. And I am on both at Josh underscore Saldana. All right. Thanks for listening. Cheers, guys. <laughs>